Thank you for joining us and welcome back Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias and with me today as always is Kyla. Hello. We're just two weeks away from the fantasy playoffs. Three weeks away in our league though. Kyla, things are getting dicey. You've got a huge matchup coming up this week with the Wet Willies. Playoff contention possibly at stake. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into that, though, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. And we will start off this week like we normally do by recapping the previous week. Kyla, how did week 11 go for you? Week 11 was the worst week of my life. <laughs> so my recap really wow, shouldn't take that. Wow, that's very dramatic. <laughs> uh, this recap shouldn't take that long because there's really not much to recap. My team is so volatile from week to week. Right. I did not think that it could get any worse <laughs> than my week a couple of weeks ago. You're still having a good year, though. I mean, it's okay. But my week started on Thursday Night Football, which I fucking hate anyway. If you've listened to this at all, you know I hate having players in the Thursday game. But I was so excited to have James Conner back in my lineup. He was playing. I plugged oh, him back right. in. No questions asked. Of course he's going to go back in my lineup. And then he re-aggravated his shoulder injury and was forced from the game early with only 2.1 points. It was sort of a David Johnson situation. Like, you have to play him, yeah. but then you just got unlucky. Like Yeah, and it sucked. He shouldn't have been playing because apparently he was removed from the injury report, but apparently he admitted to somebody that he was not 100%, and he shouldn't have been playing. And if he hadn't been playing, then I could have just played Jalen Samuels, and things would have been just fine. But? But he hates me. But that didn't happen. <laughs> um, from there, on Sunday, things don't really get any better. In the early games, I had Godwin, Gallup, Dalvin Cook and Brian Hill all going in the early games. Godwin had zero points at halftime. Zero. Like, I don't, I think maybe he had one or two targets the whole half, which is ridiculous. And then Dalvin Cook had like two points. My ride or die, Dalvin Cook. Ride or die. The Broncos, the, the big choke of the week. Yeah. Oh they my were God. so good against the Vikings in the first half, throwing the ball downfield, doing. Stuff that I haven't seen them do all year. Yeah. And it was really refreshing. It was like, what is this offense? Yeah. And then they just Are we blew throwing it. the ball downfield? <laughs> this is great. They discovered the forward pass. It was really cool. And then uh, then they just completely choked it away in the second half. I'm sorry. I had to throw in the Broncos there. No, no. I, I, I agree with you. That was the worst. Because they were up 20 to 0 at half, right? Uh, I don't remember exactly it what was it was. It was 20 or 23 to like zero. 20, 20 to 3, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, no matter what, they they choked. Yeah. Well, Brian Hill then also barely had anything. I mean, he only finished the entire game with 4.3 points. So at the half, he had less than that. Yeah, one of the top pickups of the week, and yeah. he was very disappointing. What a huge letdown. Godwin and Cook... Ended up saving their days in the second half. They both had touchdowns. Gallup was my best guy of the week. So I was really proud of that one because he is a cowboy and oh, I love yeah. him. <laughs> uh, he finished the win, the Cowboys win, just so we, we all know. They beat Detroit. But he finished that game with nine catches for 148 yards. 
At this point in the day, things are looking pretty bad for me. Tom Brady plays and also sucks. He had like eight and a half points. I think he finished with 216 yards. There was a passing touchdown in that game, but Julian Edelman threw it. Yeah. Because. Too Sanu. Who got popped, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) And then to top it all off, my tight end, Gerald Everett, finished with one reception for 20 yards. And I am officially a Rams hater at this point. You were talking about Godwin the week before Cooper Cup for me didn't do anything. He got <laughs> zero or, or either it was the week before or the week before that, but yeah. Rams offense right now. So bad. Love. One bright spot, my Oakland pickup of the week. They finished with thirteen points. So that was nice, but it didn't help <laughs> me at all. <laughs> well, on the on a positive note, only four teams make the postseason in our league, but you are tied for that fourth spot i'm still in the running six and five uh-huh. i do need to beat the wet willies this week and i need either jackson or dave to lose well and you're behind dave considerably in, in points yeah so you need to finish with a better record than dave and dave and jackson are playing each other yeah. so theoretically jackson could help you out here if he loses and just well <laughs> i'd no. rather jackson lose because he has less points than i do overall oh i see mm-hmm. okay so you can get the win then you, Dave, and Jackson would all be seven and five. Yeah, but I'd be ahead of Jackson then. Sure. Yeah. But if Jackson won, and you, and that would Im- imply that Dave would be six and six, you could be seven and five, and you'd still be in fourth. I'd still be ahead of him. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. either way, I'm I'm you coming just out have ahead. To win. Just yeah. just win, baby, as Al Davis <laughs> yeah. would say. Yeah, I just need a win. But I only scored eighty-five fucking points. last week just so everybody knows i want you to know how pathetic it was i was so upset and the guy who beat me only scored 95 so it wasn't like his team was so good no it's just one of those rough games yeah well i guess after your week it's time for me to bring a little bit of positivity yeah Uh, i can sum up my week by just saying lamar effing jackson oh yes he is a man possessed, four passing touchdowns, 86 yards on the ground, 41.48 fantasy points in our league. Much appreciated. Thank you, Lamar. That is ridiculous. I won my game 137.28 to 103.78 over an overmatched Hakuna Matata, <laughs> which is the worst team in the league. Nevertheless, I got the win. And Tom, <laughs> you know, he's got a couple of wins now. And he does. The Pat Mahomes pick first overall is really not looking that bad if he hadn't gotten hurt, but it's still funny. Yeah. Uh, fellow Raven, Mark Ingram, got me 22 points because because of two receiving touchdowns. He had an unremarkable day on the ground with just 48 yards. It kind of seems more of the norm than the outlier with him. He's not really rushing for you know, 120 yards very often. It'll be like 68 yards, but hopefully he finds the end zone. Yeah. Still being a great player. Um, He didn't also play much late in the game because Baltimore destroyed Houston. I know we're doing the pod a little bit late, but it seems like so long ago because Houston already played again this yeah. past Thursday. Yeah, that's true. But Baltimore, that was our game of the week. Yeah. That was supposed to be a good game. Yeah. <laughs> and the Ravens just walked their dog. Yeah. It was just awful. I couldn't I couldn't believe that. Um, I did start the Ravens' defense, or excuse me, I didn't start the Ravens' defense, had them on the bench. They got 15 points on my bench. Wow. But luckily, I also have New Orleans, and because they're playing Jameis Winston, 
<laughs> and we always talk about that. They got 17 points because Jameis just can't stop throwing picks. So still a better play. You made the right choice. Yep. Four picks from Jameis like normal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then, then elsewhere on my roster, Joe Mixon got me 16.8 points by scoring Cincinnati's first rushing touchdown of the year by someone not named Andy Dalton. Wow. First time a running back on that team has got a rushing touchdown. That is ridiculous. That is sad. That is so sad. That is why they're 0-10. Hard to fathom there. Carlos Hyde was saved by a garbage time touchdown in that Texans and Ravens game, a 41-yard touchdown. He had 65 yards on on the ground on the day. But that, that touchdown was 41 of them, and he got that late in the game. Yeah. So he had nothing in, until that <laughs> happened. 12 and a half points on the week. Starting lineup is rounded out by disappointing efforts from Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, and Vance McDonald. Evans led those three guys with 8.9 points, finished with four catches for 69 yards. Nevertheless, it was my team's highest output since week eight. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting pretty at nine and two. Yeah. <laughs> up there at the top of the standings and uh my team can clinch a playoff spot this week so oh, I'm, I'm that's feeling, exciting i'm feeling pretty good about that i think you're gonna make it <laughs> too, bad, too bad fantasy isn't like real football i could just rest everybody yeah you know lamar jackson couldn't get hurt before <laughs> yeah. the postseason if he does then i'm going to cry you're gonna be screwed i, I really will <laughs> especially if cooper cup doesn't do anything the rest of the year actually you have matt ryan though so you wouldn't be that i mean he's decent you're right. Matt Ryan um, is still fantastic, mm-hmm. really. So I wouldn't be totally screwed, but he's not Lamar. Yeah. Well, nobody is. <laughs> yeah, nobody is right now, for sure. Uh, moving on to our winners and losers of the week. My winner of the week, I chose DJ Chark. And I chose him here, one, because he had a great game. And two, because I doubted him. And I put him on my bench, and he was like, fuck you. I will show you for putting me on the bench. He piled up eight receptions for 104 yards and two touchdowns, which translated to 28.4 half PPR points. I'm glad he can contribute that to my bench this week, if not my actual team, because then I would have won. Yeah. It happens, though. It does. But hopefully this means that he's even more valuable now with the return of Nick Foles and I can plug him into my lineup more often. Yeah, we were curious about that if it was going to be Chark still mm-hmm. or if uh, Didi was going to take over the number one responsibilities and mm-hmm. it does kind of seem like it's still Chark. Yep. Uh, the winner for me, even though we were just talking crap on the Rams, was Todd Gurley. 25 carries for 97 yards against the Bears on Sunday Night Football. That is by far the most carries he has gotten all year. And 97 yards is tied for his most yards on the ground this season. So even Todd Gurley has not got a 100-yard game. Wow. Which is sad. That is. He got a TD as well. A disappointing season that we predicted, Uh by the way. (laughs) Um, But that effort, I'm sure, made a lot of fantasy owners happy, especially in a game that's later on in the week. Maybe you're down by 15 points and you're thinking, oh, not going to get anything from Gurley. Yeah. Yeah, you got a little bit. Yeah. So maybe, t- maybe this is a good thing for the Rams. Maybe Gurley, if they can't throw any better than they are, then they're going to have to run the ball. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to have to get him going more, more than they have been. Yeah, and even more effectively than they did on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. My loser of the week was Philip Rivers. Man. And Rivers, he wasn't at all the lowest scoring player of the week, but any chance I get to talk shit about him, I'm going to. I don't like Philip Rivers either. I don't you know. like him. 
He sucks. I mean, he's such a whiny little brat, and I don't like him. But um, <laughs> I I agree entirely. Yeah. As a Broncos fan, that that goes back for me when he was talking shit on Jay Cutler, w- wiping his eyes, like calling Jay Cutler a, <laughs> a crybaby. There's a game when Cutler was still on the Broncos, Broncos and Chargers, Week 17. All the Broncos had to do was win, and they're gonna win the division. I think they were eight and seven, and then San Diego at the time, San Diego was yeah. seven and eight. But the Chargers won, and they won by the tiebreaker, and they they went to the playoffs at eight and eight. Oh! But all the Broncos had to do was win. And Cutler was whining about something, <laughs> and then Rivers on the sideline doing like the uh, crybaby, you know, hand and oh eye type God. thing. <laughs> and I was from that moment on, I was just like, I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't like him either. But it's also important to note that I did discuss with Phil this year trying to trade for Philip Rivers because generally he's a pretty reliable fantasy quarterback. Yes. But I'm glad that didn't work out because over the last four games, he has finished with less than 17 points per game in our league through four picks in the game against Kansas City, one of which was in the end zone with seconds left. So I think two of them actually were in the fourth quarter. But then that last one was seconds left when they could have tied up the game. He threw a pick. They could have beat the Raiders, and then they could have beat the Chiefs. Yeah. And Rivers, I think, is the main reason why they didn't yeah. either game. Yeah. He's been doing terrible. <laughs> it's kind of satisfying. It It is satisfying. <laughs> I'm, I don't really care for the Chargers either. Uh, my loser of the week, Mitch Trubisky. Bears coach Matt Nagy said he left the game late because of a hit pointer. Trubisky hadn't really been playing well before that. Finished with 19 incompletions. Yeah, in wow. that game, seems like this will be the last year of the Trubisky era. I yeah. guess we can't necessarily predict that, but seems like it probably will be. But yeah, they said he was injured, which is why he left the game. But it kind of just seemed like he got taken out. I questioned if he was actually injured or not. Well, and with the golden boy, you know, Chase Daniel oh, yeah. sitting behind him, I just don't see why they just Your don't make the crush. change. <laughs> yeah, he is my man crush. Love you, Chase Daniel. <laughs> He's definitely listening. <laughs> if he was, that would be great. Just so he knows that there are Missouri people out there that, that care about him and care about his, his well-being. There, that he does have fans. We're, we're out there. We're out there. <laughs> uh, moving on to our injury updates for the week. As we already have mentioned, James Conner re-aggravated his shoulder injury, and he has been ruled out for this week's game. Also, Juju Smith-Schuster... Suffered a concussion in the same game, has been ruled out. And Deontay Johnson also suffered a concussion. Amazingly, he will play this week, even though he was bleeding from the ear after that concussion. It looked pretty brutal, but I guess he's good to go. It did look pretty brutal. And there are a couple other people. I'll just go ahead and move down the list of, of our injuries real quick that have had concussions that you kind of think maybe you should just take the year off, Mm -hmm. but they're both coming back. Brandon Cooks for the Rams is going to be back. He cleared the concussion protocol. He's got a ton of concussions in his career, including the Eagles and Patriots Super Bowl. You remember he got just completely laid out and knocked out of that game. Oh, gosh. And then Sterling Shepard, who has missed the last five games, he cleared protocol. He is also back. Another guy with a history of concussions. They both kind of remind me of, of Wes Welker. Oh, yeah. In a situation where 
maybe you should just stop. Yeah. You're a millionaire now. Yeah. Just let it go. You don't need to keep doing this to yourself. Um, anywho, Marlon Mack broke his hand this past week. He is out, had a procedure this past Monday. Not thought to be season ending necessarily, but he will miss a considerable amount of time. Trubisky, as we talked about, hip pointer, maybe that actually existed. We'll, <laughs> we'll never know. He's going to play this week. Allegedly. Allegedly. And then Tyreek Hill with the hamst- hamstring strain. Uh, it's deemed a, a minor injury, and the Chiefs are on a bye this week anyway. He will probably be back in week 13. Uh, moving on down the list, Debo Samuel has a shoulder injury. He's listed as questionable, but is expected to play. A new add to the injury report, Tom Brady popped up on the injury report on Friday with an elbow injury, but he is expected to play. To the surprise of no one. Yeah, he doesn't miss games. Apparently, he has not missed a start due to injury since 2008. So I think they're probably just giving him rest. Just being cautious. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There's Devontae Freeman with a foot sprain. He is out this week, hasn't played or practiced since week 10. Maybe Brian Hill can... Actually, do something this time around, Kyla. I wouldn't. You're, you're shaking your head. I wouldn't play him. I dropped him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, guy. you dropped him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, the rest of the list here, you're, you're going to have a lot of 49ers. We already talked about Debo Samuel, but Sanders has a rib cartilage issue. He's questionable. Tentatively, will play. Like we said, this is uh, Saturday morning, so check your lineup tomorrow. Make sure he's in there. Matt Breida, low ankle sprain. He is doubtful again after sitting out last week. And uh, Seahawk, Tyler Lockett, shin injury, no longer on the injury report. He will play tomorrow. I'm happy about that because Tyler Lockett is my man. Yeah, big matchup. Um, Alshon Jeffrey has an ankle injury. He is questionable. He has been deemed a game-time decision. Matthew Stafford continues to be out with fractures in his back. We already mentioned Brandon Cooks, A.J. Green. Still out. Can't imagine he's going to play the rest of the season. Doesn't seem that way. We we might need to just stop talking about AJ Green. You know, <laughs> fantasy wise, he's always list. yeah he's a, he's everywhere. But just maybe just forget about him until until there's actually some sort of news. There's yeah. no reason for him to play now. Until next year. Uh, to round out our list of injuries and updates, all tight ends here. We got five guys: George Kittle. He has knee and ankle issues. He has a game-time decision leaning toward playing against Green Bay tomorrow night. There's Delaney Walker for the Titans. He has an ankle injury. He is doubtful, but practiced all week. Austin Hooper for the Falcons, sprained MCL. He is out. Then Evan Ingram with the foot for the Giants. He is out. David Njoku with a broken wrist returned to practice this week, but then they did not activate him, so he is also out. So lots of uh, potential, you know, backup tight ends in play this mm-hmm. week. Hopefully, in your league, you don't play with two tight ends. I'm in a two tight end league. Oh no! And it gets it gets a little dicey when all these guys are getting hurt. It's you hard have to, enough to find one. Yeah, I I have Kittle and I have Hooper. I picked up Hollister. I had Will Disley before that. He got hurt. He's out for the year. Wow. Um, but then Hooper, Kittle, and then. Hollister was on a buy. That's how last week happened. But we have two IR slots. So I put Kittle and Hooper on the IR, and I picked up Dallas Goddard, who caught a touchdown. And then I picked up Dwelly, the backup for Kittle, and he caught two touchdowns. Wow. So it it, it played out (laughs) just fine. Yeah. 
but that's a it's a rare thing when you have five tight ends on your roster never really what you want yeah i my tight end situation not very good now but i did pick up david and joko stash him on my bench hopefully he'll help me if i make the playoffs I think I need to pay a little more attention to tight end in our league. I always need some tight end help in our <laughs> league. My tight ends suck. You have uh, Vance McDonald, right? Vance McDonald, Noah Fant. <laughs> not, not the best. Not the best, you guys. Well, Fant, I don't think he's going to do much this week against Buffalo. but Yeah. Moving on to our good and bad matchups of the week. My first good matchup is Tyrell Williams at the New York Jets. While his targets are down in recent weeks, he really is still the only deep threat that Oakland has. He has not found the end zone since week eight, but he does have double-digit fantasy points in six of eight games that he has played in this year. The Jets are giving up the third most fantasy points per game to wide receivers and have given up 15 touchdowns to the position. They've given up 20-plus half PPR points to six receivers this season. So if you need a fill-in guy this week, I think Williams is a good plug-and-play option for you. Yeah, he is the only true threat. You have Hunter Renfro uh-huh. and and Waller, both. Yeah, they're good receivers, obviously, yeah. but not really deep threats. Tyrell's the guy to play. Yeah. Uh, the first good matchup for me is Derrick Henry. The Titans RB will be hosting the Jaguars. Jacksonville has given up the ninth most fantasy points to RBs this season. But at times, they have been stingy. Um, This includes week three against Henry when they held him to just 44 yards. They allowed just two yards on the ground to Joe Mixon in week seven. And then Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray combined for 75 yards in week six. Recently, though, they're, they're getting completely gashed. 160 yards on the ground from Carlos Hyde in week nine. And Jonathan Williams and Marlon Mack each topped 100 yards in week 11. Wow. Henry has been dependable. He has only failed to score a TD on the ground in three games this season. I just think he tears it up. Jacksonville, I would understandably think, is a little bummed after Nick Foles came back and he didn't do anything. They're probably not a playoff team. Yeah. I just don't think they're in a position going into Tennessee. Tennessee just beat Kansas City two weeks ago. I just I just kind of think the Titans stick it to him. Yeah. And if the Titans are going to do that, then Derrick Henry has to have a great game. Yeah, yeah. My next good matchup is Calvin Ridley versus Tampa Bay. This one may be considered low-hanging fruit because if you've been paying attention at all, and you probably have been if you're listening to this podcast, then you know that Tampa Bay is giving up an ungodly amount of fantasy points to wide receivers. I didn't choose Julio here because if you have Julio on your team, you're starting him regardless of the matchup. Right. Ridley is coming off his best game of the year, catching eight of eight targets for 143 yards and a touchdown against Carolina. In their last four games, Tampa Bay have given up 100-plus yard games to four different receivers and have given up 10, yes, I said 10, touchdowns to wide receivers in four games. (laughs) I look for this one to be a shootout with Ridley reaping the benefits. It's nice to see the Falcons sort of doing what I thought they're going to do at the beginning of the year, yeah. which is win some games. Yeah. They were sort of one and seven. The Falcons by far have been my, my biggest miss. Yeah. You know, we did our playoff predictions and all that. I had the Falcons in there. 
Woo. Yeah. Uh, three and seven. They won their last two games, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're finally doing something and actually looking competent. It's nice to see. Yeah. Uh, a good matchup for me, Zach Ertz, the Philadelphia tight end against Seattle. After struggling for most of the season, it seems like Ertz is finally doing something. Caught nine passes and has gotten 11 targets in each of the last two games. He also has 197 yards and a touchdown over that stretch. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey missed the Patriots game last week, but was active the week before. So if he plays this week, I don't feel that that should necessarily affect his production, Ertz's production. Mm -hmm. Seattle allows a boatload of yards through the air. Ertz is in a good spot this week overall. I think he might finally be back in the good graces of the fantasy gods after (laughs) kind of a long start to the year. But the thing with Philadelphia is just there's no cohesion right now between Carson Wentz and the the playmakers on that team. At yeah. times they've been able to run the ball. At times they haven't. Five and five. Yeah. I'm sure as a Cowboys fan, you would like to see them continue to not have any cohesion. Oh, yes, I would. It but, would make me uh, extremely happy. Kind of seems like Ertz is finally on the right track. Yeah, it does. After he, He's been pretty disappointing most of the season. But, right. yeah, you're right. The last couple of weeks he's been much better. My first bad matchup, and this pains me to say, is Michael Gallup at New England. We all know how much I love Michael Gallup, but this week is not looking good for him. He's facing the Patriots' defense, who are giving up the fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers. They only allow an average of 152 total passing yards a game and have only surrendered four receiving touchdowns this season, one of which was to a wide receiver. The other three were to tight ends. I do think Dallas will have some success against them as they do have the number one offense, but I think Amari Cooper will probably get the bulk of the work there and then some underneath to Jason Witten, some dumped off to Ezekiel Elliott. I think there are better options out there this week than Gallup, and Gallup is going to be on my bench, unfortunately. Yeah, speaking of the Cowboys, my first one that I'd like to talk about is Zeke Elliott. Um, this pick by me, honestly, has nothing to do with New England allowing the fewest amount of fantasy points to RBs, though that does help. Yeah. Zeke has five 100-yard games this season. One was against Philadelphia, a 500 team. Mm-hmm. The other four were against Washington, Miami, the Jets, and the Giants. Wow. And five games where he hasn't reached 100 yards. Those games were the, the Giants again, Green Bay, New Orleans, Minnesota, and Detroit. Mm. My point being, for the most part, that this season, Zeke only does well against the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah. When he hasn't reached 100 yards, the best he has got is 62 yards on the on the ground. So it's either kind of boom or bust mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. And like all the yards I was talking about there, yeah, that's all on the ground. I'm sure that he'll still get some receiving yards every week. So against New England, I think it's reasonable to expect not a whole lot from him yeah uh based on what he's done so far this season he's still probably going to get 10 to 15 points if you add in a couple catches in that but that's not why you draft seek right you draft seek for the 25 fantasy point games Mm -hmm. hopefully even more if he does super well so hopefully hopefully (laughs) you're you know you're not steaming too much at the years talking with us both talking bad about the cowboys but no no i i mean you're totally right about zeke it's not super impressive for the highest paid running back in the league huh no and 
they're not going to be able to throw as well as they normally do with the way the Patriots have been against the pass, and they're just going to have to feed Zeke. Yeah. He's going to have to find a way. If they're going to win that game, it's, they're going to have to try to run over New England, which no one has been able to do except for Baltimore. Yeah. My thoughts on Zeke, every time, the last few weeks at least, that I've been watching the Cowboys game, he just looks so uninspired is the word that I use. when Just he's, going through the motions. He just sits on the sideline, and he like has no energy – and I just, I don't understand what has happened. Part of it is because they haven't had to rely on him as much because Dak is so much better this year. He's made such progress and they're passing more. We have the new, I mean, we have Kellen Moore now, our offensive coordinator. But I don't know if he's just like not happy about the amount of work he's getting. I don't, I'm just totally speculating, but yeah. he definitely is having his worst season that he's had since he's been in the league. After he held out, missed training camp, got what he wanted, and now what we're getting nothing from him. Yeah, and maybe he isn't getting the kind of uh, consistent, you know, feed Zeke that yeah. we would normally see. Prescott leads the NFL in passing yards, so yeah, it's not like they're not winning games and they're in a good position to win their division. Yeah, like we talked about, if Philadelphia continues to be lackluster in really air you know every area yeah. but well we'll see it's I, frustrating still, to watch. I still think zeke can bounce back and have a great year and he's, yeah. it's not that he's not having a good year five 100 yard games yeah is great yeah but they're all against teams where really everyone else is running for 100 yards too right oh moving on my next bad matchup is joe mixon versus pittsburgh Mixon isn't someone we've talked a ton about on this podcast, which is pretty amazing considering he's been one of the biggest letdowns for fantasy this season. He was drafted in the second round of our draft and was dropped by the person who drafted him, which is pretty, I mean, that's terrible to have to drop your second round pick, which you now own him, right? Yeah, I picked him up. Yeah. I would have to look at my lineup again. I don't think I'm playing him this week. He's going to be on the bench. Yep, he's on the bench. Yeah. But he did do well this past week. Uh-huh. So I'm happy about that. Uh, he only has two games this season with more than 100 total yards and four touchdowns on the year. This week, he's facing Pittsburgh, who are giving up the six fewest, fewest fantasy points per game to running backs. Their highest rushing yards allowed this season is 91, and they have not given up a rushing touchdown since week five. So I would only play him if you're desperate. Like you said, you're not playing him because you have other options, but yeah. I have a couple other options and hopefully not playing him and putting Odell in my (laughs) flex spot, which is, you know, always a point of confusion for me if he's going to do anything. Uh, But yeah, Joe Joe Mixon not in a good spot this week. Uh, For our good and bad matchups that we are highlighting, a quick recap, good Tyrell Williams, Calvin Ridley, Derrick Henry, and Zach Ertz. The bad ones, Michael Gallup, Joe Mixon, Zeke Elliott. And my final one is Jared Goff versus Baltimore. This is as much about the Ravens' defense than it is about Jared Goff. Goff is dreadful right now, just 11 TDs and 10 picks on the year. Baltimore has only allowed opposing QBs to reach 20 points once all season. Uh, That was Patrick Mahomes, who got 35 points in week three. We predicted last week that Deshaun Watson would be under pressure all game. The Houston O-line allowed seven sacks to Baltimore. 
The Rams offensive line has issues as well. Mm-hmm. Golf, I just don't think has a prayer this <laughs> week to do well unless Brandon Cook's coming back somehow you know, spreads that offense out to where they can get Cooper Cup going. I think Robert Woods is going to play as well. Yeah. So they're going to have all the weapons at their dis- at you know their disposal night game. Maybe they can do something on Monday night, but I just really don't think that Goff is going to do a damn thing. I don't think so either. I mean, Brandon Cooks, I mean, he hasn't been out all season. He was playing before and Goff still sucked, so I don't <laughs> think that's going to make much difference. I you know, but Sean McVay, obviously, smart coach. Yeah. At least that's what we thought. <laughs> and you just got to think that they're going to turn it on at some point. They just did too damn well last year for this to be happening. Yeah. But it's happening. Yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah. I had Jared Goff. He was, he was actually my steal of the draft when I drafted him in like the 12th round. And boy, yeah. was that wrong because that he That hasn't sucked. aged well. 11 touchdowns. 10 picks. Yeah, that is so bad. That is that worse than Jameis? That can't be worse than Jameis, is it? Uh, no, Jameis, interception-wise, I don't remember how many touchdowns he has. He has more touchdowns than that, but then he has like 18 picks. Oh, my God. He's going to finish with like 25 picks or something. Jeez. One of the worst. I mean, well, at I least guess, he's got more touchdowns to go along with it, though. I guess with the way he's going, though, he could hit 30. I mean, we still got, <laughs> still got six games left. That's only really one... One we pick should, per game. Do you think we should make a bet? Do you want to take the over or the under? 30. 30? I'll, I'll take the under because it <laughs> okay. seems obscene. Okay. But it's that's only one, you know, I guess that would be two per game. Sorry. Because he has 18 now. So oh, he's going to do more than that. Two, well, you would think. He does it every other game. <laughs> but, yeah, not not the situation you want to be in. <laughs> Uh, so just real quickly some other good matchups that we like this week ryan Tannehill versus jacksonville sam darnold versus oakland jameson crowder versus oakland jalen samuels versus cincinnati nick chubb versus miami and mark andrews at the los angeles rams and some extra bad matchups just in case Dak prescott at new england josh allen versus denver Jamal Williams at San Francisco, Golden Tate at Chicago, and as we previously mentioned, tight end Noah Fant <laughs> for our beloved Denver Broncos at the Buffalo Bills, who will most likely be circling the wagons up and down the field against the Broncos this week. Yeah, I just want to make it known here that I did not choose Dak Prescott at New England as one of the bad matchups that because was Dak is my beloved <laughs> and i do think he's gonna have some success against new england i think the cowboys i mean i always think the cowboys are gonna win but i think they're gonna upset new england this week they might not blow them out of the water but i'm in a situation where i have to root for dallas and that always kind of makes me throw up a little bit <laughs> but uh rude. It, it is rude but you know what anything for new england to lose i would love to see baltimore get the one seed Every year, I hope New England doesn't get a first round bye, and they always do. Yeah. So <laughs> that's pretty much where we're at in the <laughs> state of football for seemingly like 20 years now. Is New England going to get a first round bye or not? Typically, yes. Yes, yeah. Our game of the week this week is the Packers at the 49ers. Green Bay is coming off their bye week and traveling to California. The game was originally a midday game, but was flex of primetime. Of course, it was because this is, you know, two good teams yeah 
We all kind of know the story at this point. The 49ers are exhibiting a top five ranked offense and defense, while Green Bay's offense is ranked 17th overall, and their defense is worse at 28th overall. I think teams know now that in order to beat San Francisco, you have to stop the run. I think Green Bay will try to do just that and put the game in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. As you said this week on Instagram to someone who asked us the question, teams are finding a way to throw on San Francisco the last couple of weeks. So I expect this game to be a battle of the quarterbacks. I do think Green Bay will have some success running the ball because San Francisco is going to have to worry about Aaron Rodgers, who is a great quarterback. He's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it will come down to which QB is better, and I think Rodgers wins. So I take Green Bay in an upset. It is a matchup. If it's going to be a matchup of two QBs, then you've got to take the Packers. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, Rodgers, a California boy. This might be kind of a fun game for him. Last time they were in California, though, a few weeks ago, uh, Rodgers was faced with a Chargers pass rush, got sacked three times. They couldn't get any sort of a rhythm going. I think that happens again this week to a degree. Uh, Green Bay hasn't turned the ball over since week six. You would think that that will also change this week. The 49ers have already sacked opposing QBs 39 times wow. and forced 22 turnovers. They'll need their defense to have an amazing game, not only because they're going against Aaron Rodgers, but because I'm not sold on San Francisco's offense, as you were talking about Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. They haven't really faced a top-flight defense yet. Uh, they faced a couple of good teams. Seattle, I don't feel, has a great defense. I think Green Bay does fit into that category, though. As we outlined earlier, the 49ers have a ton of injuries on the offensive side of the ball as well. I don't see Jimmy G getting it done. So like you said, Sam Fran will need to run the ball. Packers will need to stop the run. The Packers have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to RBs this season. So I think that the 49ers getting the job done on the ground is possible. This could be an ugly game. Rodgers could change that real quick by making some throws and it could be, I think it'll be a really fun game, but I just think it really has that possibility of being like a 16, 13 type thing. Yeah. I'm sure Rogers will prove me wrong. It'll be like 34, 31, (laughs) but uh, I think the 49ers win a close one. If they run the ball and make Rogers uncomfortable, there's not a lot of margin of error for them though. Uh, So now that you've made your pick and I've made mine, the last time we had the 49ers as the game of the week when they played Seattle, you picked Seattle, you won that one. I'm glad you I mentioned I picked San that. Francisco. <laughs> um, so I'm picking the 49ers again. I still don't think the 49ers get the one seed in the no. NFC. I think they're going to lose a couple of games coming up. They play Baltimore, a couple of bad matchups for them c- coming up against good teams. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I still think, even though New Orleans isn't really playing that great, New Orleans or Green Bay maybe even the Vikings, maybe even Seattle because they just don't seem to want to lose any games, even though I still don't think they're that good. (laughs) It's just Russell Wilson doing awesome stuff. That's That's why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about the 49ers. I'm not fully sold on the fact that they're that good. I think Garoppolo just has to play way better. If he, if Aaron Rodgers was on the 49ers, Oh, they yeah. would be a Super Bowl favorite, I think, even above Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, great matchup, eight and two at nine and one, a lot on the line. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Green Bay's gonna win. <laughs> we will. We will see. Um, and lastly, we will do our roster 
our lineup for this Starting week. Starting lineups. I guess I'll go ahead and jump into mine. <laughs> Not super thrilled about it this week. Oh, come on. I be have be positive. You could be a playoff team. <laughs> I um, have Tom Brady. As my starting quarterback, and I Boo. honestly, I that's not a great matchup. Dallas is good against quarterbacks. I am really considering putting Nick Foles in over Tom Brady. <laughs> You're making an ugly face. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just well Foles against Tennessee. It could happen. Not a bad matchup. I think he probably shook some of his rust off last week. They did get like 21 points last week, even though he didn't look that great. You know is, he's going to get like 30 on your bench, but if you don't play him, or if you do play him, yeah. he'll get like 12. Yeah, exactly, because that, that's, that's what happens to me. That's what happens. Um, Yeah, so Tom Brady right now, maybe Nick Foles, maybe I'll find a whole new quarterback. My, uh, <laughs> my wide receivers, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, those are my starting guys. My RBs this week, I've got Dalvin Cook on a bye. So I'm starting Aaron Jones, of course, against San Francisco, even though on paper, not a great matchup. I got Jalen Samuels plugged into my RB2 spot in a really good matchup against Cincinnati. My starting tight end this week has changed again. I dropped Gerald Everett because I hate the Rams. (laughs) And now I have Jacob Hollister, so I'm hoping... A touchdown from him, which seems likely. And then in my flex spot, I got DJ Chark. And my kicker, I'm still going with Matt Gay. And my defense this week, I picked up Cleveland. Cleveland against Miami. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. That could be a good matchup. Yeah. Get maybe 15 points there. Yeah. All right. My starting lineup, uh, as always, Lamar Jackson. He's projected 27 points in our league. So, you know, looking forward to that. Hopefully he can go to town on the Rams. Receivers, Mike Evans and Cooper Cup, 15 points projected and 13. Mark Ingram and Saquon Barkley as my RBs. I've got Noah Fant in there, even though we're talking about how bad the matchup is going to be over Vance McDonald. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Do you think the Broncos are going to stick with Brandon Allen? They can't. <laughs> they can't stick with Brandon Allen. They've invested too much in Drew Locke. It was a you know second round pick, but still, with where they drafted him, they can't wait. Is he back he, from injury? He's back, but I don't believe they've activated him yet. He is practicing. They've got to see what he can do. Yeah, Brandon Allen. I would assume. I mean, even Trevor Simeon a couple of years ago had his moment in the sun. Mm-hmm. Like. They have got to see what Drew Locke can do. Brandon Allen, I would assume, even though even Simeon did well at two, the league is going to catch up with him. He is where he is for a reason. Mm-hmm. You can't expect him to be the long-term answer. They've got to see what Drew Locke can do. And if you're not a playoff team, you might as well put Locke in there. And what's going to happen? You're going to yeah. lose some games, but you're going to lose some games anyway because you can't hold a 20-point <laughs> freaking lead at halftime. <laughs> so what does it matter? It's very short era for brandon allen <laughs> the brandon allen era has been fun i wish there were a couple more wins but uh i guess there's only he's only started two games right yeah cleveland and and the vikings well he's done well yeah he's one and one um so in my flex spot odell beckham against my better judgments but they're playing the dolphins 
Carlos Hyde, I left on the bench on Thursday Night Football. Houston did beat Indianapolis, but Carlos Hyde only had 6.7 points. Uh, so I am happy that I left him out. 67 yards on the ground, but he is a complete non-factor in the passing game. Yeah. So if he gets, you know, 87 yards on the ground, if he doesn't have a touchdown, he's going to have 8.7 points because yeah. you can bet he didn't catch anything. <laughs> Then on rest of my bench, Joe Mixon, Vance McDonald, Golden Tate, even though they're playing Chicago, I can see him doing well. And Matt Ryan picked up Nick Folk this week to kick. Had to get rid of Harrison Harrison Butker. The Chiefs are on a bye. Wow. And then I am going to start Baltimore over New Orleans in my defensive or for my defensive spot. Uh New Orleans is projected more against Carolina projections lie i i am worried i'm gonna put baltimore in there and then the rams are finally gonna figure it out i don't know i don't know but that's a tough call because kyle allen did not play well last week either no he didn't and maybe the kyle allen maybe a couple of the allens might be going away or <laughs> yeah. a couple well i guess carolina doesn't have a better option at the moment but yeah. I've been contemplating that all week. Yeah. New Orleans or Baltimore. I'm going to play Baltimore. You know, if you weren't carrying two defenses, you wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> what? That doesn't make it better. <laughs> I, I have a choice. It's better to have a choice, I think. In, either way. Uh, but I am excited for this week and clench a playoff spot. I am playing Corn Julio, who is in second Ooh. place. So I, I do have a little bit. He's seven and four. I'm nine and two. So I do have a little bit of leeway. Uh, if I, I do lose, got, uh, not the end of the world. Yeah, I think he's got a lot of people on a bye this week, huh? Well, let's check it out. I think he's been, Tyreek Hill is uh, on a bye. He's well, got and him. he hasn't taken Austin Hooper out of his lineup yet either, who was hurt. Tyreek Hill, Phil Rivers, Hunter Henry, and Kenyon Drake all on a bye for him. And he left Will Fuller on his bench, who got 19 and a half points. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Cortland Sutton, Tyrell Williams, one of your matchups. Todd Gurley. Derek Henry. <laughs> oh, he's like the all podcast team. <laughs> Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah, we've talked about the majority of his team. The yeah. only guy we haven't talked about really is Le'Veon Bell, and he's got him as as well plugged in there against Oakland. Yeah. So, you know, if he can find a tight end, if he checks his <laughs> damn lineup, which he will. But uh, Hopefully he'll drop one of the ones that he has right now because he's got Hooper. and Well, he should drop Hooper because he's not going to benefit him Henry. at all. Yeah, well... If Hooper comes back for playoff time, I could really use him. So maybe I'll <laughs> pick him up and stash him away if that yeah. happens. But see what Noah Fant can do. Maybe he can catch a touchdown and save the week. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for today's show. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and give us a review. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. We post our weekly waiver wire ads on Tuesdays. And we answer your questions all week long, usually. Good luck this week, and we'll see you next time. Have a good week.